Greetings, Parachauffins and Retrogrades. Well, as we draw nearer to Christmas of AD 2022, what we thought the Kanye West, yay, campaign was going to be has not eventuated at all. We thought we might get a popular discussion, as promised early on when Ye said he was running for president, on what re-Christianizing American politics would sound like. To, to get the conception of what it would really look like, he would have to win the primaries, get the nomination, become president. But it, I was excited because when Ye first put his name in the ring, aside from the fact that this promised to be a little bit of specul... specul <laughs> spectacle from the very beginning, and it's turned into a lot. I knew that if he could get to primary season, which really begins properly this summer, to start primarying against other Republicans who want to run in 2024 for president, we would at least get a conception of what his big idea, which originally said was re-Christianizing American politics, what it would sound like. Instead, over the last two weeks, we've heard almost non-stop rancor. That is to say, the Tuesday prior to Thanksgiving of 20, 2022, which was two weeks ago tomorrow, Ye brought with him Miley Yiannopoulos, who has appeared on this show and who published my first book, and Nicholas J. Fuentes, who we have we have groipers in the audience who are fans of Nicholas J. Fuentes, brought them to dine with Trump at a pre-Thanksgiving celebration. This created, over the course of the next 60 to 72 hours, a media uh, feeding frenzy. We don't really know exactly what took place at that meeting on two Tuesdays ago, except we know that it turned out to have been, by Milo Yiannopoulos' own words, a, a little bit of revenge served cold even though the rest of the dishes was presumably served hot for that pre-Thanksgiving meal. Revenge served cold for uh, ostensible Trump letdown in his first term. We don't know exactly what the letdown is, uh, ostensibly letting down conservatives and the conservatives who put him or helped to put him into the presidency in 2016. What's the nature of that revenge? I guess just that the media was given such a feeding frenzy. Again, there are all these culinary metaphors because it was a Thanksgiving thing. But obviously, those of you who, who know, understand uh, Nicholas J. Fuentes is not quite mainstream. Big name, got talked about all of the last 10 days or so uh, in a relatively mainstreamed way. But uh, he's got a big following and essentially it was either... Milo's way of throwing Trump under the bus via association with Fuentes. I, I ain't taking a position on this stuff. I'm just acting like a reporter now, journalist. The commentary comes on what I think Ye could do as a political candidate that would be positive, not just, not just negative. You need negative and positive. That'll come later. So... Milo either was just taking revenge on Trump by having him associate with a, at the very least, a, a very, very 
controversial character with Nick Fuentes and bringing Nick Fuentes onto Ye's campaign team. Or maybe that in conjunction with uh, doing affirmative good. I think this is how Milo, if I, you know, I want to give him a fair shake. I think he would say, um, I, would, I brought Fuentes on because my, Milo thought that he could do affirmative good. So that was Thanksgiving week. Within one week, I think it was the following Monday, the three men, Milo, Nicholas J. Fuentes, and Kanye West, yay, it's a hard name to say. I'm just going to keep calling him Kanye. Appeared on Tim Pool's show in real life. That did not last very long because in under 30 minutes, they had pulled out their headpieces and dashed for the cars. Specifically, Kanye did first and then Milo and, and Nicholas J. Fuentes followed. Why did they do so six days after the Trump dinner? Because Tim Pool asked some questions about the nature of remarks that have been made. And uh, Ye was quick to dash out of there, by anyone's estimation. right? I thought it would have been a hell of a good show. I think Tim Pool thought it was going to be a great show. And without weighing in on what he could have done better, I was expecting a girl. We were literally taking the girls to a piano lesson. <laughs> and I was, you know, the piano lesson began at 7 Central. The show was beginning right at 7 Central. So Steph and I had to wait for an hour in front of uh, our three girls piano teacher's house. So we were like, good. This should be a live, interesting interview. And it should go well beyond the piano lesson. So I was disappointed when after 26 minutes or so, yay, dashed. And, and it was because Tim Pool was asking about his comments about the people of Israel, however you want to refer to that. And I, I, I thought we'd get more answers from, from Kanye and he dashed. Within a week then, well, within really four days, two of the same three men, along with another guy you y'all might not be familiar with called Sneeko, appeared on Alex Jones, except this appearance four days later, Nick Fuentes was there, and Ye appeared with a Balenciaga mask, full face covering, like a balaclava, except without even the, the peer out, you know, without even a partial facial appearance. And there, he was not just talking about theories that he had of, you know, where the Illuminati, the Illuminist Satanism was coming from, which, which some would have characterized what he was doing before, but he, now he's actually saying, you know, remarks involving the Adolf Hitler for the first time in 80 years. I think an American president was praising Hitler, and this is, the only reason I'm smiling is because Hitler is, I want to bring my friend Royce White on next Sunday, this Sunday, because he's been out there talking about it, the history of the Nazis post-World War II, New World Order. That's when all the New World Order stuff began, folks. You've heard it here on Rules for Retrogrades. 1947 is when the UN and the NWO and the worldwide Freemasons thought they saw their chance on the American Supreme Court bench 
to get rid of Christianity in the public square, erect a wall of separation. It happened in 1947. All that nasty stuff happened right after World War II. The Nazis were brought over here, lots of them, to work with the American government, you might not know. And so this is off, off, off record history, but very verifiable stuff. So when, and that goes, that flies under all the radar, but it's quite verifiable. Nevertheless, when someone who's running for political office in America mentions Hitler, this is like saying Satan. So if you're going to say something about Satan, take that and multiply the aghast reaction you're going to draw from your audience because Americans are conditioned. I'm not saying it's, it's, it's false. I'm not weighing in here. I'm just, I wouldn't say that this is false. Hitler was a bad guy. Of course. Of course. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he really went off the tracks here. Um, but Americans are, as a matter of fact, conditioned to hearing uh, a certain sanctimonious equipoise with that H word. The, you know, the Hitler coefficient. If you say Hitler, it's, it's twice as bad as saying Satan. Or Trump. <laughs> yeah, four times as bad as Trump, twice as bad as Satan. But I mean, even conser- conservatives don't use Trump so interchangeably with uh, something standing for the proposition of twice as potently bad as Satan. Hitler is both sides of the political aisle has been used that way. So now that was uh, a couple days ago that the Hitler rant happened. It was from Kanye West, who's supposed to be, remember, he was supposed to be launching this political candidacy candidacy that might initiate popular discussion on what re-Christianizing American politics would sound like. And instead, he's ranting about the Jews and Hitler in a way that without weighing in there, are altogether contraposed to what any American of any mainstream ideology is conditioned to hearing. So this this was disappointing because what I thought I might see from Kanye's look, because he's, you know, he's zany. He, he had a Canadian handler that was using MKUltra-like techniques, CIA-like techniques, and I, I do want to talk about the CIA for a little bit, to, to drug him. You know, Ye's talked no small amount about this. And so he seems to be dithering between making some really great remarks like, why is there so much Satanism in our popular culture? And we need to re-Christianize society. Jesus is king. To saying some stuff that, that really is catching everyone off guard. I've already enumerated some of those comments. And, and there doesn't seem to be a systematic, programmatic approach, uh, even one millionth as tight as some sort of syllogism. I don't know what the plan is. What I thought the plan was, let me go back to this that was kind of exciting two two to three weeks ago was something like this. No society is purely neutral. 
the idea of separation of church and state, which is not in a rare, uh, an American originary idea. We did not have American separation of church and state until 1947, where the meaning of the First Amendment was reversed. Separation of church and state for a supposedly neutral echo chamber of cultural and political badinage is a myth. So the fact that since about 1947, <coughs> the post-World War II years, the left, worldwide globalist left, but the left here at home in America has used the ostensible notion, the brainwash of neutral playground for American culture and politics to push Satanism, really Satanism, Luciferianism, which was hiding underneath the surface of a kind of disquiet atheism from the late 40s, population control, contraception really crept up in the 50s. It was not the conservative heyday that a lot of you have been taught it was to the sexual revolution of the 60s, which was predicated on the late 40s and early 50s, secularism, vociferous secularism, then eugenics and uh, scientism creeping up in the 50s, erupts into a passionate sexual revolution really in the late 60s. It's more the 70s that it takes hold. Women all go to work in the 70s. And then America's destabilized and demoralized by the time yours truly a March baby, 1981, was born. By the time you get to the 80s, you have that progression of events in post-war America life, American life. The 40s, radical secularization, beginning with the series of court cases, the first ones in 1947 called Everson. Erect a wall of separation between church and state, which would, whose ramifications supposedly would be religion-neutral ground, not opposed to religion, political life, but non-religion political life. That was a lie. The 50s, aggressive scientism, population control, eugenics, birth control. Abortion will spring up in the 60s and 70s. You know, the Margaret Sanger project with the, the really aggressive sexual revolution in the 60s. Women go to work in the 70s and by the time I'm born in the early 80s, you have the table lane for the in literally four decades, the destruction of America, beginning with the separation of church and state, which is against everything America was founded for. First Amendment was a guarantee that Congress could not disestablish state establishments of Christianity. And in 1947, the court said, no, it means the opposite. So I thought we were going to get, I just want to say this one more time. I thought Kanye was just a little bit crazy enough to say, hey, let's re-Christianize all of America. Look at how many copies of his album, what's it called, Jesus is King, sold. That's wild. That's exciting that this dude can lay out an album called Jesus is King, sell that many copies, then he runs for president and he says, I'm going to enshrine the re-Christianization of American politics in my candidacy. That's exciting. Now, when you talk about the negative dimension of how did we get here? Now, I never thought Kanye quite understood, but I thought Milo, who did publish Catholic Republic, which is largely the story of how 
the American landscape became neutral in the late 1940s after World War II. And that neutrality was a stalking horse for Luciferianism, which is not covered so, so much the Luciferianism in this book. I've been learning about that over the last five years. I thought Milo would handle, you know, the explanation, covering the explanatory gap, if you will. And, and I thought Kanye could say, okay, look, this is why we've seen so many strange Luciferian appearances in the American popular culture. He was there. He danced with the devil. He used to, did he used to be owner in Balenciaga? He, he, I mean, the guy might be bipolar. It might be that he hasn't fully recovered from the mind control, the handling. It's hard to say. He was wearing a Balenciaga mask when he went on Alex Jones four days after the Tim Pool walkout. And he went on a bizarre screed about, well, really, we all have collective guilt, collective culpability for some of the stuff that's really right, our abandonment of pop, you know, public square Christianity. And that's why I don't want to hear people blaming Balenciaga. Okay, well, but that's the apotheosis of the repudiation of Christianity. This is full-throated Luciferianism. We all saw that Balenciaga. I've been watching stuff like this for the last few years. It's real. So what is going on? Um, Yesterday, Milo Yiannopoulos calls his departure, which was announced yesterday morning from the campaign, a, quote, mutual conclusion. This makes stuff even stranger. Folks were wondering, is is Ye serious? A lot of people don't, I mean, I I know Milo, I I texted with him, you know, I think the week he joined the campaign. I hadn't texted with him for a few months. Um, Helped to hook him up with an interview. I have a lot of friends that are friends with Fuentes. I've never talked to Fuentes myself. But I thought, hey, if you really want to do Catholic Republic, Milo is the former publisher of Catholic Republic. Let's do Catholic Republic. Let's push the repeat. And I didn't. I, I never suggested this to Milo. I, I was thinking about it, and he was off the campaign before I could. A, can, a political candidacy, anti-establishment, based on the overturn of five Supreme Court cases. Everson needs to be overturned. That's the 1947 case that made it illegal for states to have God-given Christian establishments. And America had that. From from 1791 to 1947, you could have a Christian establishment of what's your sect of Christianity in your state. Not at the federal level, at your state level. Everson overturned that. Let's overturn Everson. Secondly, let's overturn Griswold versus Connecticut, the 1965 case that made it illegal for states, in this case Connecticut, to illegalize contraception. Let's overturn that. Let's overturn, thirdly, Stanley versus Georgia, the 1969 case that made it illegal for states, in this case Georgia, to illegalize pornography. Kanye's talked about this stuff. Let's overturn that case. Fourthly, I was going to say let's overturn Roe versus Wade, though the originalists on the court did that. 
Thank you very much, Mississippi. This year, earlier this year. So the fourth case is sort of off the books. We, we overturned Roe, Witt, Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health. Thank you very much, Mississippi. Thank you very much, Justice Alito. Thank you very much, Justice Thomas. In that case, Justice Thomas, in his concurring opinion, strongly insinuated that we're coming for some of these other cases that I just mentioned, along with case number five. Lawrence versus, I think he said we're not coming for Lawrence versus Texas. That's another one we should come for. Lawrence versus Texas made it illegal for state governments to illegalize sodomy. In this case, Texas was the state. We should overturn that. Is the state's rights matter? The Christian, conservative, red states should be able to do that. And sixthly, if we're counting Rowan there now that it's overturned, we should overturn Obergefell versus Hodges which made illegal state illegalization of gay marriage. That is a political campaign, my friends. What do you say? Isn't this a state's rights issue, Tim? Yes, it is. But it's a state's rights issue that's been commandeered by the Fed through the court, through the high court, SCOTUS, specifically through, it's all one legal theory. It's all through substantive due process. All six of those cases, including... Everson versus Board of Ed, took away the sovereign, moralizing right of the state. I'm not a, not a libertarian here. I'm a states' rights guy. The states are where the moral legislation comes from, not the Fed. So we should make it legal again for states to have Christian establishments, to outlaw porn, to outlaw contraception, to outlaw gay marriage, to outlaw sodomy. We just did it with um, Roe versus Wade and abortion. That's a political campaign because even though you say, Tim, isn't this a states' rights issue? I'm saying, yes, it needs to be turned back to the states, though. So what has the president got to do? What would President Kanye have to do with this? Well, what I wanted to tell his campaign before things started coming apart almost immediately was it's still a political campaign that people are very ready to hear right now. Give this stuff back to the states. That's subsidiarity. Teach them at the level of the Catholic Republic what is subsidiarity. This moralizing should be going through the states. And even though we're saying the states should do it, we have to undo the federal commandeering of it. So that is a federal action to undo the federal commandeering of all of these five or six powers. And how do you do that? By pledging to put a certain kind of justice on the high court. The way Trump kind of, you know, messed around and found out with the overturn of Roe. Now, we got that done, but he really took a risk because he did not get three great justices that were guaranteed locks for doing that. None of the three were locks. And none of those three, I think, would, over, would join Alito and Thomas in overturning some or all of these other six cases. What you people don't know is tyrants, oligarchs, really, in black robes, undid this whole country's purpose with those five or six cases. And a political candidacy that's talking about these issues, one political theory, the second due process clause in the 14th Amendment, was, some would say abused, some would say used the way it was hardwired in there after Lincoln in 1868 to do. I won't get into that. But we need to undo that. So that states can make porn, contraception, sodomy, gay marriage illegal again and make legal again states having Christian establishments. That's what America is. 
Kanye was more than more crazy than <laughs> crazy enough to suggest this stuff. So while you're saying, well, there's all this Luciferianism in the pop culture, which his family's all bound up in, right, through through Balenciaga, who he wouldn't and the Kardashians. Um, you could you could say, okay, I think this has something to do with this group here. Uh, present your theory once or whatever. I, I don't know. But the main thing is what are you filling it in with? Because we all agree, whatever the source of Luciferianism, let's just get to the solution here. And the solution really is what he said at the beginning before he went on all these sidetracks. Re-Christianizing society. No one seems to know how to do it. I mean, this, is, this goes back to my debate with Josh Hammer. Does anyone know how to do it? Undo Everson. Undo Griswold. Undo Stanley. Right? Undo all of the substantive due process cases. And to do that, you have to make, as president, your commitment to picking justices that'll do these the way Trump did with Roe. Undo uh, the, the Texas. Undo Obergefell v. Hodges. Lawrence v. Texas and Obergefell v. Hodges. Undo all of these. And then you can re-Christianize America. Can you re-Christianize the blue states? No, they're lost. The blue states are lost. You can't re-Christianize them. Half of this country are basically neo-pagan at the very best, Luciferian at the worst. You cannot do anything about them. We're not going to evangelize them. So the blue states are whatever they are. Let them join Canada. But the red states should be able to make these Christian law, beautiful Christian laws. The only people on the right wing that are saying that are the post-liberals that say we want basically nationalist-type globalism where we force it from on high, from federal laws. One, our U.S. Constitution isn't equipped to do that. Two, subsidiarity forbids that. Three, it's not realistic because half the country is basically Soviet socialists, Luciferians. What? Do it in the red states. A, a political candidacy, a political campaign could be predicated on one-tenth the rhetoric of Kanye's over the last three weeks, talking about the Jews, talking about Hitler. All you have to do is say, look, whoever these shadow parties are that are behind the scenes, I don't know who, who exactly they are, but whoever the shadow parties are behind the scenes, Luciferianizing society, you got different theories for who these bad guys, super hyper-powerful elites are behind the scenes, that's fine. Just say it, but say it in a far less indelicate way. <laughs> and then spend 90% of your time saying what the solution is. The solution isn't any of that stuff that led to the Tim Pool or even the Alex Jones interview. The solution is this stuff, is my stuff. So this is what I wanted to get to him. And it's a shame because I think most people were really willing to hear what Kanye West had to say. I think he resonated with a bunch of different groups on theories on where this evil is coming from. So I think people had the open mind. A lot of people that we know had the open mind to, to hear his point of view. It that just, wouldn't have been five years that ago. That wouldn't have been five so years ago. So he silence. really was an interesting figure insofar as that he was getting the platforms that other people were not able to get. So it really is just a shame that 
he had to go for <laughs> he had to go into the Hitler rant because it's just it just killed all of that momentum because I mean I know a lot of people out there that watch this show might agree with what I'm about to say but there's lots of times Kanye West would say something and I'd be cheering and then another times he'd say something and I'd be like I I'm not understanding where he what his perspective is it was kind of convoluted Sometimes a little off kilter. Supremely convoluted. <laughs> yeah. Supreme so, convolution. But right? none. To be fair to him, an interesting guy. He yeah. was getting to say things in the public sphere that no one else was able to say. That have never been said at, with that large a mouthpiece. And he just killed his own momentum. And again, I don't need. I don't. I think most people listening to this show. And who are familiar with Fuentes and Milo Yiannopoulos. No one's getting out their smelling salts on topics that Kanye West was talking about. But it's just, you know, you could disagree with a guy and still hear and say yeah, he has some valuable things to say. But man, he just totally killed his own momentum with that Alex Jones interview. And again, like the Balenciaga stuff. Like, you, I mean, dude, come on. Your, your, your children are festering among the Kardashians. I, I Run for president, do whatever you want, but your number one job right now is to get your kids away from these witches, these evil harlots that they're just involved in right now. And then all of the fashion, Balenciaga, pederasty, all, it's just so gross. I'd like to hear more talk about that. Yeah, he needs to full-throatedly condemn Balenciaga, but that that is, uh, I mean, I don't know if he's bipolar or crazy or what, but yeah, he was saying some, some stuff that people haven't been, by and large, allowed to say in society that some single statements could be extricated from the presentation, to borrow my friend Royce White's phrase, and talked about much more seriously, and I was hoping that Milo with his large intellect, would have helped him to do that. Now, Milo calls his departure suddenly yesterday morning, about 24 hours ago, from the West campaign, a mutual conclusion. So it looks like Milo is not going to have the chance to do that. I don't know if Milo was trying to do that or maybe he left because he wanted Kanye to lean more into Hitler remarks. I don't know. I sort of doubt it. I don't, maybe it had nothing to do with this. Here's, here's the story as it, as it came out last night, Yiannopoulos, Kanye West campaign manager, is no longer part of the presidential campaign, according to an interview with the Daily Beast. The announcement comes after reported infighting and further criticism of West, who legally changed his name to Ye. West recently praised Adolf Hitler in InfoWars interview, walked out of an interview with YouTuber Tim Poole, following some pushback on his anti-Semitic remarks. Um... I'm getting mixed up at this point what the hype, hypersensitive media is calling an anti-Semitic remark and whether how much Hitler praising had been done at the point of the Tim Pool interview. I mean, right. that's, that's where extrication is needed, and it got more muddled. Kanye could have made it get less muddled. I mean, just to, to say, hey, look, you know, Italians are in the mob. You know, that's usually South Italians. I, I know. <laughs> Some have alleged things about my own great-grandfather. I, I don't think they're true. But, you know, South Italians are in the mob. That's that's just kind of a fact. Now, is, is, it, is that anti-Italian to say? No, I don't think so. 
is is praising you know someone who killed one or more Italians, qua Italians, if if that situation had happened sometime in the twentieth century, yeah, that that would start getting into legitimate anti-Italianism, if you read what I'm saying. So it became a real quagmire with these two interviews, the Tim Pool and the the Alex Jones. We've already talked about that. I don't really want to talk that much about it. But I will say this. I don't think Steph... I, I don't... I mean, I think if Ye started talking about positives that his campaign can add to the talking, uh, to the badinage, as we go into this summer... If he, if he had someone that was helping him to understand these issues and he was saying, look, this is what I want to do. I really want to make Christianity feasible again at the state level. We can have Christian establishments. We can outlaw porn in red states. We can outlaw contraception in red states. We had that until 1965 in my parents' life. Porn and contraception were illegal in conservative states. We can outlaw sodomy. That was illegal in Texas where I spent some of my youth when I lived there. Until 1993. I moved there from California in 91. I was there the first two years. Same thing with you, Steph. Sodomy was illegal at the state level. Uh, Obergefell versus Hodges. We didn't have this crazy gay marriage uh, contradiction in terms until, you know, Obama. So he could still start talking that way. People are going to use some of his rantier remarks way out of left field more against him. But if he started talking positive stuff, because that's a great political campaign for any conservative that wants to be taken seriously, then he could, he could maybe still get back in it. I don't know. But the point is, uh, Yiannopoulos, Milo, recently claimed responsibility for former President Donald Trump's meeting with West and with white supremacist Nick Nick Fuentes. Yeah, that's what the article says. In an NBC News interview, Yiannopoulos said he did it just to make Trump's life miserable. That's a direct quote. I read that, that um, NBC News interview directly, and he really did say that. So I, I don't know. Is the theory, that's not helpful. Is the theory that he Milo intentionally invited... Fuentes to the dinner so as to cause a media firestorm and make Trump's life hell. Well, we have an admission by not a party opponent from me personally, but we have an admission by what would be called a party opponent. He said, I did so just to make Trump's life miserable. And then he explains, yeah, I think Trump appearing with, with Fuentes, who's so out of the mainstream that it will cause Trump headaches, maybe Trump unable to get the nomination. For 2024, I think he pretty much owned that. Now, I ain't trying to... I, I mean, I think that's what Milo owned. I don't have that full interview here, but I think that's what he's saying. If I'm wrong, and Milo, if you hear this, I'm not trying to mischaracterize you. I'm just saying, whew, that admission, that makes stuff tough. So then people are going to ask, well, was that the whole point of your involvement with this campaign? Because Milo's got a big brain you, you direct that big brain at, at doing something, helping Ye more in a positive direction and say, look, we know we have this Luciferianism. Even the normies know it. Even the normies know it now. So I, I've talked to a couple normies over the last month 
And even they're like, well, what's this Balenciaga nonsense? I mean, your waspiest, most Midwestern American friends now know Luciferianism parades through town hall. And then you launch into Pizzagate and yeah, their it's, minds are blowing. Boom. Yeah, they're all, they're all, their minds are being blown. So now you, you say, okay, well, there's an agency here. It's Luciferian, but Lucifer is acting through someone. Who it is, is, you know, you lean into that. And one, if the theory is true that, that the entity of the Luciferians in society, I don't know who they are, right? You're having theories presented to populate who they are. And I don't, who knows? But if the theory is correct anyway, that they're hyper-powerful by doing a deal with the devil, and that's where they get all the money and power from, I don't know that you're ever going to, principle of sufficient reason being what it is, get enough evidence to convince parties of goodwill who it is i think what matters is what you do to push back on them and i'm not just trying to be the boy scout here yeah i'm curious who who these people actually are people might have listened more to some of yay's theories I, but but you know you push too far without without a certain kind of evidence and yay wasn't equipped with okay well here's what i'm going to do about it overturn evison overturn griswold overturn Stanley, overturn Lawrence, then people aren't necessarily going to listen to you, especially if you're ranting about Hitler, who's not a good guy. And if the point was to push the Overton window to get people talking about this thing, he just pushed it right off the cliff, like right at the very beginning of what he was setting to do, which is, you know, I don't know where the sensitivity has come from. I could hear something somebody says and... 100% disagree with it and not freak out and fall into hysterics. Well, that's part of the theory, right? Is yeah. that the sensitivity comes from conditioning and all that, right? So if you're if you're to assume arguendo, Ye's perspective, I guess Fuentes's perspective, then you say, well, this sensitivity is part of the conditioning, right? Mm -hmm. So that you're not even allowed to say whatever, two and two as well. Like, I get that. I get that, and I'm not, I'm not mocking that. I don't think Tim Pool was mocking it too normally either. I mean, Tim, Tim's normier than we are on this channel a lot by a lot. But I, I, I didn't, I don't know, I don't know why Ye walked out of that. I thought Tim was entertaining, at least hearing him out, which he's he was catching flack for from centrists and leftists. So it was kind of a bad deal for Tim Pool. I'm not saying it was the perfect interview. I was just saying, I don't know. He wasn't responding like a militant, moderate normie. He was going to let him actually talk. So I don't know what. So people, here's the thing. This video is called Trust Deficit because people, and I'm not using people like the great first-person plural placeholder in a cheap way. I, I mean, it. we are me and the people that I trust best and know best and talk to the most. And then extend out one or two valences, the people that go to my Latin Mass parish in New Orleans, the people that go to Latin Mass parishes like my Latin Mass parish in New Orleans. We don't trust our own church, even though it's the one true church. We don't trust education. Public education is a joke. We don't trust our church's education anymore. That's why homeschool used to be for weirdos, right? Now it's not. Now you're a weirdo if you don't homeschool. Sorry. We don't trust the military. 
Right-wingers used to think military was good. No, deep state controls it. We don't trust the Federal Reserve. I never did. You know, I have the penchant for the Austrian economics. We don't trust the World Bank or the Vatican Bank. We don't trust Fox News. Right-wingers used to trust Fox News. We like Tucker. I, I agree with him a lot of times, but we don't trust Tucker. We don't trust government. That's a joke. We don't trust the Republican Party. I'm not even going to mention the other party. And we don't trust history. So now what we really need is, because the left has stormed all these institutions, we need to remake them whole. It would actually be easier to do so in a balkanized situation if this country got a lot smaller. And all the red states either reasserted states' rights robustly and the blue states just packed their ball up and left and went home crying and joined Canada or something like that. Or if we, like the original Anti-Federalists said, there are a couple different schemes. Some of them said, we'll all be together, but let's have robust states' rights. Other of them said, no, let's have so much states' rights that we're really only kind of working together as we did under the Articles of Confederation when we fought the Brits off in the War for Independence. It's hard to get back your church, your education, your government, military. We don't need a Federal Reserve or a World Bank or a Vatican Bank. It's hard to get back your one mainstream news station for Christian conservatives like Fox News. And it's hard to get back your history unless you get back some sort of country. At this point, we're all men without countries. But there is a trust deficit. There is an indisputable trust deficit. We don't know how to conceive of a world where all of this shakes out okay. That's, that's what's going on. And we don't even trust the far-right conservative brain trust. I mean, that's what it's called, is a brain trust. Of the far, I guess Ye was going to be the far-right candidate, though Balenciaga, Kardashian this, that, I, you know, Hitler that. All it's, the whores he's sleeping with, it's like, enough. All, yeah, all, all the, the whoring around. I mean, like, okay, we don't even trust the, the brain. And that's why my friend Royce White, he's, he's going on Alex Jones a few times this week. He comes on my show. He's going to be on Sunday with me. But he's going on Alex Jones. He did a tremendous appearance on Whitlock, Jason Whitlock's show. I, I want to play you a clip from that. Where he's just saying, who are these people? You know? I don't think Royce has ever met Milo or worked with Milo. I mean, I'm, I'm appreciative Milo published my first book. But who is Milo? Who's Fuentes? Who's Ye? Royce even said, who's Trump? We don't know who the people are that are even the right, ostensibly, the right-wing saviors. The, the, the dauntless, fearless ones that are willing to say the crazy stuff, we don't even know who they are. Forget the post-liberal integralists like Gladden Pappen and Sir Abamari and all, all those guys. They're supposedly the bold ones. They're just pushing right-wing socialism, right-wing big state nannyism. Forget that. I never bought into that. I strongly oppose that. But guys that have a tincture of the populism that are, are peddling far-right stuff, like I'm saying about the Kanye campaign, I mean, this could be really exciting under the right circumstances. But you got to have the right people. And I simply don't know who these people are. And now Milo's off the campaign, so it's just Nicholas Fuentes. I've never worked with him directly. And I, I simply don't know what to think. Listen to what 
Royce said to Whitlock, I, I want to let you guys hear some of these genius remarks. Whitlock said, I'm going to start calling you Morpheus because you are red-pilling us all. You are bringing us down this rabbit hole, Royce. It was quite amazing. It's actually instantaneous legend monologue. There's about 11 minutes. I don't know if I can play the whole thing, but I also have some clips from when he went on Alex Jones yesterday. I mean, that's why I'm bringing him on. I'm bringing him and his, his, his good man, AJ, back on the show on Sunday. And we're going to talk about this. Because I want... Royce ain't old enough to run for president yet. He ran against Ilan Omar in, uh, in Minnesota, his home state. I want him to run for president in 2028 when he'll be old enough. Listen to what Whitlock says. Listen to what Royce says. Very immature in his walk. Or uh, he, uh, Whitlock is saying, look, well, I don't know what to make of Kanye. He's a Christian. He's either very immature in his walk of faith as a Christian or. I mean, that's the positive spin on it. Or he's faking it and is really in on the demonic cult still. I mean, it's. I, I just am going to point out, and then Royce takes over from here. He's either. Just not getting, look, you have to repudiate Balenciaga. This is crazy. What are you not getting? Or he's still in on it and just psyoping us all. It's one or the other, right? But I just want to point out how crazy it is that this is now mainstream news. The opponent party is led by demons. Is led by the demon, Lucifer. This is so much more interesting, which is always the watchword in a condemned time much more interesting politics than what i grew up with in the 90s with hannity and combs remember that i mean we're talking about the opposition party being almost directly chiefed by satan listen to what royce says in regard to that in response to that uh, well you know let's go there because what i took away from last night as a rising figure in the political domain that that has ambitions to pick up the mantle and stand in the podium where you can get shot and you can get your head blown off in a convertible on national television in front of the entire world for talking about these institutions. As somebody who has those ambitions, I walked away from that interview scared, worried, fearful, because what I understand is that either Kanye West is in on it. Or Kanye West has many forces around him that are influencing him that he does not understand. And, and, and this is why, you know, I'm questioning everybody right now. I'm just going to say that with yeah. full transparency. Yeah. Everybody's in question. Yeah. The only person I trust is myself, number one, God, Jesus, myself, and you for the most part. I'll, I'll give you that. But Whitlock's as far the as the spirit and, and intuition of all of these political figures, everybody's in question now. This is the double cross and the triple cross. I yeah. cannot for the life Let of me. Let me go understand. a step further then. I won't make you uncomfortable, perhaps. He doesn't make it. If I'm hearing you correctly, because it is a feeling that I had as well yesterday. It's like, what's Alex Jones doing? This man is. Why are you interviewing this dude in a mask? Why? And this went on for three hours and thirty minutes. Because again, if, if, if let's say I was interviewing Kanye West and he had a mask on, 
be a very short interview. Hey, man, you're going to either take me seriously and this platform seriously and get this mask off. And then once you start saying all this dumb stuff, I'm going to wrap up the interview. I'm not going to assist this man in his suicide and or demonic plot. Uh, and so I, 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 I come away from that interview question like Alex Jones, what are, you, are you really this thirsty that you needed to televise Kanye's uh, further suicide for three hours and 30 minutes? Let me, let me be clear here. Alex Jones has been doing this for 25 years and they've tried to run the man into the ground and they have effectively in the economic sense ran the man into the ground. $2.5 trillion judgment that's pending on the table against him or being waged against him is absolutely ridiculous. They're asking the man to pay a tab that King Solomon couldn't afford. Okay, it's outrageous. So it's very clear that Alex Jones is a unique target of the institutions. With that said, I know Alex is going through a, a great deal of stress in his own life. And I think that in that, he has, um, he has given up trying to maintain a, a certain superficial integrity of his platform. And he's just going all out war against the, the establishment. And I think he genuinely wanted to help Kanye West. Actually, I know that because when Kanye got out here in the first couple of days of the last few weeks, me and Alex talked and, and he was like, I wish I could help him. You know, I want to be able to get in touch with him and help Kanye, but he, he won't listen to anybody. So that was kind of, you know, the sentiment that I know Alex was bringing towards it. Um, I wasn't talking about Alex Jones. I'm talking about the people. I was, the, but go ahead. I, I'm talking about the people in the Republican and conservative establishment. Who is Milo? Who is Nick Fuentes? Who is Candace Owens? Who are these people? Who are the Kardashians? Who is Kanye West? Who is Donald Trump? Okay, all of this needs to go back up on the bar now. Yeah. And let me explain why. Specifically when it comes to Milo, for example. What Kanye West said has some merit that we need to pull out from his presentation. And that merit is this. Operation Paperclip. Let's not get lost on Kanye West saying that he loves Nazis because we as a country love the Nazis. We loved the Nazis and we still love the Nazis. Now, who were the Nazis? That's an important question that we need to answer today. Who were the Nazis? What was Operation Paperclip? Why did we bring 1,600, so they say, could have been 16,000, could have been 106,000, we don't know. Why did they bring 1,600 of the Nazi party's top scientists and political figures, not just scientists, but also political leaders of the Nazi party, why did they bring them into the American government? See, in there, in there lies the moral hazard that undergirds this entire deal. They got nothing to do with Kanye. Kanye doesn't even know about it. That's not the purview of what he's bringing to the table, but I will. I'll ask the question, why did we, after World War II, when we made it seem like we went to fight for the massacre of the Jews, take the very people who orchestrated it and assimilate them into our military and government? Why did we do that? Why were the people who actually funded the Nazi war machine on the front end 
from Wall Street then have the ability to reincorporate Nazi science and philosophy into America's government and military. Why? Because we were more concerned with military power, political power, economic power, than we were the principle. We're the sellouts. Our nation has moral hazard from World War II that we have yet to deal with. You can't send me off on some blank mission or some side street about Kanye West making some silly off the cuff remark with a mask on to get attention from a theatrical career that he's always lived up to and and distract me from the truth. Who were the Nazis to begin with? Who was Adolf Hitler? He wasn't German. He was an Austrian. Who was the Austrian Empire? Who is the crown today? Who is Saxe Coburg? Why was the Saxe-Coburg name changed to Windsor at the end of in, uh, during World War One when the Germans and the British went to fight each other? Why does nobody talk about the crown and the monarchy sending British dukes and duchesses across the European across Europe to fill the monarch parts of uh, 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 the monarch positions of other countries? This is the history that people have to discuss because we need to know just how prominent the Nazi mindset, the Nazi philosophy is in our government today, right now. So, and so when I look at a person like Milo, who came from Britain and is a homosexual, a reformed homosexual, I start to ask myself, who are these people? Who are these people and why should we trust they are who they say they are? And then you got Kanye saying that his trainer was an ex-Canadian security state officer or, you know, uh, employee. Who are these? See, we at home, we have not yet accepted the level of deception that is that is potentially out there in these issues, implicated in these issues, implicated with these people. You know how you destroy a culture from within listen to this you know how you get revenge on a society that you lost to that you were defeated by so they say you take women you take women and you tell them that their idol should be a harlot Amen. and you use the internet that came after world war ii with darpa don't forget the internet was created by the military by the security state okay darpa is the military this is the type of stuff you get shot for This is the type of stuff you get your head blown off for saying. DARPA is our military. They invented the Internet. You know how you get revenge on a culture? Is you make every single young woman in in the society think that their job is not to nurture and build strong men, but to hedge their political power on being a harlot. And you put an idol out in front of them like Kim Kardashian. Who are these people? So there, I, I mean, it's less relevant with regard to Milo now because he's off the campaign. And I, I think, you know, Royce and I talk, I think Royce likes Milo and thinks he's good. And Royce is a Catholic, so he's happy Milo's a Catholic. But I mean, who you get the general principle. How are we supposed to know what's going on even among the rising stars, the leading lights in the far right? I mean, forget, forget, forget the... Hitler, Nazi, all that stuff. You got to get yourself out of that mode where this is next level stuff, people. So you got to get yourself out of that mode. You know, forget your fainting counts and your smelling salts and all that, your pearl clutching. I, 
uh, those are silly, silly remarks. There's a serious way of doing this. There's a serious way of having this discourse that always should come back to. We should be bringing our talking points around to what can we do about it this late in the game after the United States has been extremely compromised for 75, 80 years. This whole country changed after World War II. It really started changing after the Civil War, which is when we got the constitutional apparatus of substantive due process. But it didn't fully, it didn't really change substantively until 46, 47, 48, 49, New World Order, UN, taking things over, flipping America, America's teleology, its very purpose for being on its head. That's when things really started getting flipped around. And so we're, we should be circling back to, here's the ta- positive takeaway. Here's what we could do. Here's what we can actually do. And this is what I wish that when Milo was on the campaign, he'd, he'd spent his time doing. Okay? Now, I want to play at least one clip from Alex Jones when Royce went on there. He's going to be on with me later this week. But I, you got to hear this too, because this... You know, he said some great stuff to Whitlock. I like both those dudes, um, Jason Whitlock, and I like Royce. Uh, Royce is becoming a friend, and he's been on this program a few times. I think he's going to be on it quite a few more. And then Alex Jones was saying this stuff. Talk about it and, 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 and talking about it. So that's the reality. I'm going to go to Royce White to talk about this now, and we got to educate Ye about this. Uh, Royce White, good to have you on. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it, as always. That was a powerful 10-minute clip I saw. We didn't play all of it. Lay it on us again. Get in all the points right here. I think he's talking about the clip I just played. Well, first I want to say this. When you can't talk about people through their identity, uh, through their culture and their traditions, it becomes very difficult to talk about people at all. And it becomes very difficult to talk about history. Uh, We are the historical being. Human beings are the historical being. That is one of God's greatest gifts to us. It allows us to be able to have knowledge and to be able to transfer knowledge (laughs) from one generation to the next. This allows us to have some sort of coherence or continuity, mostly as a mechanism to be able to maintain faith, in my opinion, as a Christian. What What globalists and globalism mean to do, in large part, is to take from people their identity, their culture, their traditions, so that they can subscribe you a new one. So that they can give you your history. Okay. And, and that, that's what that's what my problem is with this entire conversation right now, is that there is a history that we've been told, that we've been told in textbooks, that we've been told in documentaries, that we've been told culturally uh from the establishment, from the establishment, meaning our teachers who were Marxists, you know, communists, uh, and 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 disseminate what's in the textbooks for young kids who may not be reading it thoroughly. The history is the the post-World War II democratic liberal order. Yep. And that is the new world order. And there's no doubt about that being the new world order. The question is how the story of World War II is told and who they identify as being the Nazis and, and why they're so silent about the Nazi, not infiltration, but acceptance from our government uh, into our military, which then became the a military that then became DARPA, that then created the Internet, that then used the psychoanalysis of, of, of rats that that uh, figured out that a rat would actually electrocute itself, okay, to press a button that would give it a dopamine hit in the experiment. 
This is who we've become. They've turned us into a, a lab experiment, a scientific experiment. There's nothing more Nazi than that. But I think even more importantly is this sort of cult cultural, philosophical, and ideological prism of what Nazism is, what fascism is, what liberalism is, what communism is. These are post-Enlightenment, post-Renaissance, post-Enlightenment ideologies that stem back to three central ideologies, liberalism, communism, and neoclassicism. Okay, they're all from the same fruit. They're all from the same scientific tree. Descartes, uh, I think, therefore I am. It was all an anti-God initiative from the beginning. So for us to be fooled in the present and thinking that liberalism and communism or fascism are these vastly different ideologies is it's primitive. It's it's silly. It's naive. Well, that's it. it. I mean, right it's a form of. So Royce will go on to say, this is how it always plays out. Liberalism then communism, then fascism. <coughs> like three sides of the same coin, if there's such a thing as a three-sided coin. <coughs> we see that playing out now. Royce gets why subsidiarity, he's a Catholic, is so important. He gets why Thomism, the perennial philosophy, is so important. He gets why understanding the truth in, in some of these outlandish remarks has involves extricating truth here from falsity there. And that's why he wants to know, who, who are these people that claim to represent us, conservative Christians, conservative Catholics? I think Royce could do quite a, a fair job himself. There is a trust deficit in America, not because of the left or even the Luciferians. The trust deficit because of Republicans have been untrustworthy for so long, that party needs to basically collapse. And after that, we can't even say that the conservatives are fully trustworthy. What is going on? Okay? I'm not saying to any of you out there that, that, are, that are fans of these people, I'm still rooting for Kanye. I want him to watch this show and pick up this message. Get this message about build a whole campaign around overcoming substantive due process in those cases I mentioned, the five or six cases. That's what I would have floated to Milo. Milo should know. He published the book, Catholic Republic. Same thing with, with all these guys. I want all of them, they're, they're being put by happenstance in a position with a big megaphone. Start using it to, if you want to make remarks, you got to make them in the right way. And then you have to show what your solution is. Yeah, and while, while he's out there talking about the Jews, how about the topic of the whoring that he himself is participating in, the way his wife acts and dresses and behaves, the fact that he has his young daughters living in a den of witches. I'd like to hear more about that. Everyone's getting super excited about the Jews stuff. And I'm like, what about the disgusting whores that he's surrounding himself with and that are uh, teaching his young children? It's a humongous issue. That's yeah. as, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand. I, I guess I do understand people getting excited about somebody talking about a, 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 super, a super touchy issue that everyone in certain corners talks about privately and then it's all of a sudden out in the mainstream. But from my perspective, the sexual licentiousness the evil that we're seeing with the Balenciaga, all of that, 
he's just this man is sitting there saying some things people really like to hear while wearing Balenciaga and his children and defending, and, and defending them while his children are being raised by a whore among a den of witches. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, that's where, like, sorry, I, I, like, you can't skip saying these things. Subsidiarity requires you tend to the home first. I feel bad for him when he talks about his children have been taken from him, but we have to address that. What, what, what are your plans to address this issue? Even with regard to the macroscopic culture, what's your plan to address this stuff? You can't just sit around and say, Hitler, Jew, Hitler, Jew. What, what do you want to do about it? We're trying to propose a plan at the macroscopic level. At the microscopic level, Kanye, yay. Somehow you got to get the family under control. Yeah, and just back on your trust thing, um, the, the topic, the subtopic of today, that it was interesting because Tim and I were just sitting around talking about this the other day. And we were saying before even Royce White was was talking about this, we had been discussing that how after the whole COVID thing happened and the veil was lifted, so to speak, on how fast the globalists got together and just implemented this evil diabolical plan with the vaccines and all of the things that rolled out, it was so revealing how quickly the machine just started working. Tim and I started saying immediately, we're like, wow, I don't trust anybody. I don't trust Anyone I don't know personally. And then Who I, then are these Russ, people? Then I then I heard Royce say that. Yeah. And I was like, that was fire. I didn't play the whole thing. Right. Whitlock was like, I'm going to call you Morpheus, man. And then we, we, I've been talking to Royce more and more and more through a mutual friend, AJ, who's been on this show. Royce has appeared on our C-Mask show. He said exactly what was on my heart. So thank you, Roy. And he's going to be on the show. Yeah, I mean, even like in a, in a personal way, like we, bringing our six-month-old to the doctors. It's like, I, I, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with the medical establishment. Unless I have a brain aneurysm, that's when you will see me, unless I know a doctor personally, dealing with doctors. I don't know. Are they going to give my baby a shot behind my back if they take my baby to go get weighed in the next room? Right. I don't trust anyone yeah. i am off i'm off trusting people unless i know you personally and i know what you're about and i know christ is your king and i know that for a fact i don't know who you are i don't trust you yeah 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 that's it remember indiana jones in the last crusade donovan who is a secret nazi ironically tells indiana don't trust anyone and then later he's like i was a secret nazi I told you not to trust anyone and you trusted me. That's that's where we're at. Don't trust law no one ever trusted lawyers. But uh there are good lawyers though. Lawyer. We're having a lawyer on well, I'm having my lawyer on who I do trust, Paul Jana, and his client in his hot case on Wednesday. He's bringing his client on the show. Did you even know that stuff? No, I didn't know that. Big case. He grabbed his client. They're coming on the show. So we do trust Paul Jana and Chuck Lamandry. These guys are fighting for Catholics every day of the year. But other than that, no one's ever trusted lawyers. Now people don't trust the med establishment and their doctors. I don't know what's in the stuff they're giving us. So we just avoid them. Don't trust the government. Don't trust the church. Don't trust the culture. Don't trust sports. Don't trust mainstream media. Don't trust entertainment media. And we don't even now trust. We don't know whether we can trust our, our political conservative far right here. It's really, really strange. That's why friends are good. And I, I trust I trust Royce, and I I'm telling him, presidency twenty eight baby, 
presidency to it. I mean, he's he looks like Morpheus. He's got he's he's an old soul. He's got a lot of wisdom. Royce, I think, is only thirty one. I'm like, dang. If we are four years away, you could run in in twenty four. But twenty eight, baby. If there's still a United States of America, there probably won't be. Agenda twenty thirty will be mostly done. Probably will be dissolved, according to the plan that's been set after World War Two, which is just Agenda twenty thirty. That if we still had a country, then I I would I would I think I would really push Royce White. This guy's interesting. He's going to be on the show on Sunday. On Wednesday, I'm going to have Paul Jana and his client in this big case I've been tweeting about. God bless you all. Please support this show. I, I You never know what's around the pike. Support it by subscribing to the channel. Even if you don't like the video, subscribe to the channel, would you? We're trying to hit 40,000 by mid-year 2023. And also sub support this channel by going to Patreon and becoming a $5 a month or more patron. That's the only way we could keep the lights on and keep bringing you all this content that's a merger of Catholic culture and, and secular culture, constitutional culture and Thomism, Aristotelianism and lawfare. You're not getting that anywhere else. You're going to get a great interview with, with Royce White on Sunday. And you're going to get a great interview with Paul Jana on Wednesday. And I, I don't know what we'll do Friday. But support us. Go to Patreon timothyjgordon.com God bless you all Deus Volt Peace Hail Mary, full of grace the Lord is with thee Blessed art thou amongst women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb Jesus Holy Mary, Mother of God pray for us sinners now Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit.